When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to The Big Weekend. I am your host, Kyle Coster. I am the editor-in-chief of The Big Lead, a website on the internet. We got a big show today. I took a visit to the sports stock market trading floor where I got all the inside tips about the movers and shakers in the industry. We're going to help you build a financial portfolio by telling you which teams and players to trust and which you need to liquidate immediately. Do I know how finances work? Not really, but I did enjoy industry. But the big main event is my interview with Ernie Johnson. Maybe the best booking this podcast has ever had. I feel confident saying that. He's someone I have long admired like everybody else. He's the captain of the best studio sports show that's ever existed and my expectations were certainly met because he came willing and ready to discuss some stuff that I haven't heard him talk about before walking on to the Georgia baseball team how he approaches the job and really some honest commentary about why he's still doing this at age 66 and Johnson talks about how he still gets a thrill out of doing the lonely work. It was my honor to speak with him. We covered a lot of ground. We're going to get to that. But first, let's go to my report from the sports stock market trading floor. Hey, it's Kyle. I am here at the sports stock market trading floor, and things are buzzing on a Monday morning. We're going to keep it simple for you. I have been working the phones. I have been talking to some sources here, and I'm going to tell you whether you should be buying, selling, or holding a particular team, player, or sports element after an incredible weekend has everything in disarray. People are worried about their financial futures. Perhaps you've heard about inflation. I don't know about you, but you can't watch a TV ad here without hearing about inflation. Again, we're going to look up those terms when we get done with this, but I definitely know that it's bad because it makes things cost more. At least that's what Wikipedia says. Commodity number one, the New York Giants buy four and one, getting it done against the Packers team in jolly old England. Are they for real? Maybe not, but they've already won enough games to be in the playoff chase and they just need to few divisional wins going down the stretch, a big come from behind victory. Aaron Rodgers was treating this one like 
it was some sort of Super Bowl. I don't know. He was probably looking for some sort of experimental medicine over there. He might not come back. I have not seen a report that he's landed at this point. The Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, you will be selling, but I am holding. I believe in this guy, even though the Patriots pulled down his pants and gave him a spanking in the form of a 29-0 to zero thumping. Yeah, this offense is is not the best offense in the NFL. Josh Allen MVP odds. I think you got to buy, but I think you missed your window. The guy could have thrown for 15 touchdowns, but graciously took a 38-3 to victory over the Steelers. That's sportsmanship. We like that. That should help his cause. The New York Jets sell. All-time high for the New York Jets. They're 3-2, and two, but they're still frauds. Don't get it twisted. Don't be fooled by a 40-17 to 17 victory over the Miami Dolphins. Injury problems. The Dolphins were playing Finkel and, and or Einhorn at quarterback. It didn't work out. Robert Sala, I know you're keeping receipts. Keep putting me on the pile because there will be a regression. Roughing the passer penalties in the NFL. Uh, you got to buy this one because... If what happened to Tom Brady qualifies as a 15-yard penalty, then we're all doomed to hell. There's only one person's fault that he's out there playing football at 45 years old, and it is not the defender trying to take him down by playing football. A disgusting, gutless call. We all hated it. Traumatic for Tom, I'm sure, to be spun and twisted over, kind of like eating a strawberry. Taysom Hill. Congratulations to you if you were still holding this stock because it is now a buy. Sean Payton, from the comfort of a booth, a studio watching the games, was probably raising his hands in delight yesterday saying, I am vindicated. I am true. I am the visionary. This is what I was always waiting for. Hill runs all over the Seattle Seahawks as the Saints get a win. Jacksonville Jaguars sell. You got to sell them. They looked like they were flying high. looked like things were going to be different this year, but two consecutive losses, this time at home to the lowly Texans. Real cause for concern here. The 49ers, this is a buy. The defense is so good. Matt Rule, that is a sell. Dallas Cowboys, buy. Rams, sell. We're going lightning round here. The Philadelphia Eagles, that's a hold. That's a hold. I think that the Eagles reached their apex with a victory over the Cardinals to move to 5-0. and I got some real concerns about what this offense is going to look like in December. So snip that clip, send it back to me, send it to old takes, exposed. Justin Tucker, bye. Justin Tucker kicks a field goal, lead the Ravens over the Bengals in a huge divisional game that they both had to have. And then he thanks everybody involved, says that he's a system kicker. Humility. Always be buying that. Brandon Staley, sell. Doing his damnedest to lose football games, but still winning in spite of it. Ron Rivera, sell. Could be looking for the door. Matt Rule, sell. Also the same thing. The Ohio State Buckeyes, you missed your window. You should have got in early on that one because they are the best team in college football dismantling Michigan State. Well, Alabama, I think you need to be selling that one too. I don't think that this is the year for Alabama. They go down to the final play against Texas A&M. Really should have lost. Really were not impressive. I know that the loss of Bryce Young has been a real baseball card in their spokes 
but they are not the same Crimson Tide. Now, you don't bet against Nick Saban, but everybody down here is saying Ohio State is the best and most complete team in the nation, and it's not even close. Carson Wentz, that's a hold. It's a hold because he will always entertain you. And what could be more rewarding than being entertained? Kansas Jayhawks football. Well, you missed your window to sell, but you should still be selling. Game day comes to town, but they fall to TCU. It was nice. Well, it lasted. Tennessee Volunteers, you got to be real careful with this one. It's a hold. It's a hold. A lot of people are going to be buying after a 40-13 to victory over LSU on the road. Just a thorough dismantling, but they get Alabama next week. Not so sure Tennessee is going to win that football game. God, I want them to. I really do. It would be great to see some new blood. It would be great for the Vols to be back, but I think you wait one more week because this thing could really crater and it seems like the Alabama game, we've seen it a lot of times before, it could be something where they lose and then they then go into a spiral and the rest of the season is really underwhelming. UCLA Bruins. Hope you bought this one a long time ago. Remain undefeated. Just hanging around in the Pac-12, the Forgotten Conference. They're going to mess around and get a matchup with USC at the end of the year, potentially, where they're both undefeated. And wouldn't that be great for college football? As a Big Ten fan, I love to watch these traditional Big Ten programs dominate. Illinois football. I think you want to buy it. They're ranked. They win nine to six in the grossest game possibly imaginable against the Iowa Hawkeyes. A punt fest. Six to nine. Very nice. We love to see it, even if we don't love to see it. Marcus Freeman. You got to feel silly if you sold that stock after two early losses. Notre Dame is back. A big win over BYU in Las Vegas. Why do they put BYU in a game in Las Vegas? I can think of no fan base that is going to enjoy the experience less. Major League Baseball's new playoff format. Buy. Awesome. It stole the weekend from football. Elimination game after elimination game. The the new way of doing things is awesome. It has that March Madness feel. Four games going on. A lot of overlapping. The action was magnificent. Let's get to some specifics. Stepping out of the box. You think you want to buy this one, but you actually should stay away from that. Don't buy. Don't sell. You weren't even thinking. You weren't even aware of the, this one on the ticker before last night when the Padres used it to get in Chris Bassett's head in advance against the Mets in a very sad New York. But next year, you're not going to be able to do that. You'll only be able to call timeout once. There's going to be a pitch clock. The rhythm thing will be a lot easier for pitchers as they're able to go as fast as they want. Pitch comms sell. What's the point of this thing? Yes, you don't want people stealing signs, but if you can't hear it, that's not very productive. Spending a godforsaken amount of money on one-two starters, you hold it. You don't overreact to what happened to Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom. Baseball is weird. You need two horses like that to get you to the postseason, and more often than not, it's going to work out. Trying to win without a competent defense, and I'm looking at you, Toronto Blue Jays, who also had bullpen troubles, as the Seattle Mariners, a potential team of destiny, 
come back from seven runs down on Saturday night to advance to the ALDS, you got to catch the ball. It's not sexy, but you got to do it. Kyle Schwarber and the upstart Phillies sell. I know that a lot of people are going to be on them after they dispatched the Cardinals and ended Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols in unceremonious fashion, but they're cruising for a bruising. They are not a complete team. This was a small sample size. They will be going down hard, very hard indeed, against the Braves. You heard it here first. Constructing an offense that actually puts the ball in play by the Cleveland Guardians. Looking for that first World Series in forever. Beat the Rays at their own game in two straight games in what was the most thrilling series of the weekend. This time of year, you want the ball in play. And I know that the big boppers get all the headlines, but I think this could work. I look at the Guardians, and I see them as a team, much like the 2015 Royals. And I like them to make the World Series. The Dallas Cowboys, Cooper Rush, they're both holds. Is Cooper Rush really better than Dak Prescott, or do the Cowboys just run a smarter offense when he's in there? They use the play action. Micah Parsons, MVP, by that, certainly by defensive player of the year stock, because he is on a collision course. This guy is maybe the most dominant guy I've seen on that side of the ball that doesn't play defensive line exclusively in a long, long time. It's really fun. The only bummer is, and I hate this, the only bummer is that this is a, such a huge leverage point for Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith. They're getting unbelievable content out of it. So Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless, bye. They're going to have a great year with the Cowboys because either they're going to keep winning and it's going to be a story that way, or they're going to crash and burn in spectacular fashion. Content as a whole by Tom Brady actually calling games for Fox. I'm selling this one. What a weird year it's been for Tom Brady. I know that Fox spent a billion gajillion dollars to get him on a long-term deal whenever he's done. I think it's quite possible that we never see him in the booth. Things are spinning out a bit, and I'm just not 100% convinced that Tom Brady is going to be a part of your football Sundays off the field for nearly as long as he was on it. This segment, I don't know. Hold. We'll see how we did. Anyway, it was great to visit the Sports Stock Exchange. We will be back. I'll see if my badge still works. I had a guest pass. The security there is really, really tight. What with insider trading and all that. But I hope you can use some of this stuff to build your own takes, to build your own portfolio, to get yourself into a better situation for the months coming forward. I know that holidays are fast approaching. I saw some Christmas lights. I saw someone had Christmas lights up uh, October 10th. Truly alarming. Putting Christmas lights up early, sell. Sell that. That is an after Thanksgiving thing, and we all know that. All right. That's enough nonsense. Let's get to my interview with Ernie Johnson. All right. So thanks for taking the time. I, I wanted to get your reaction. Yesterday, the finalist for the Ford Frick Award came out and your father was on it. How did that news land with you? Um, it's gratifying. Um, you know what? I 
I thought he should have already been in. Okay, honestly, um, look, and I know it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to to choose who's going to get that. I mean, there are so many great broadcasters out there, but I just thought for so long um, that he did such a wonderful job. And again, this is his son talking, all right? But um, uh, to, for a guy who's devoted his life to the game, um, as a player, uh, as a – then he was a PR guy before he was a broadcaster, did that for 30 years. I just thought um, – that there was a spot for him there. Um, and now I'd kind of forgotten about it. And then Joe Simpson was the guy actually who sent me a text yesterday and said, Hey, your dad's nominated for the Ford Freak Award. And I was like, well, that's cool. So I'm, uh, I'm grateful. Um, and it's always cool. It's just like anytime I bump into somebody on the street and they say, man, I used to listen to your dad when I was growing up. I just I had the transistor radio out listening to and that always has a special feel for me. And it's just and it's like that, too, that even after this many years, um, he made the, he was a finalist. Um, so it's very cool. I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, moved by that. And and. Um, it, 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 was, it was just one of those surprising things in the middle of the day that hit me and said, wow, okay, somebody still remembers the old right hand. I know you got to work with him, and I think that a lot of younger fans who know you from the NBA show might not know that. You've spoken about how nothing will ever top that experience, and it's easy to understand why, but you've also spoken how terrifying it was and, and how nervous you were for doing it. So I'm wondering... Were you able to actually enjoy it in the moment or did it take becoming a father yourself and having that life experience to really understand what that meant for all involved? No, I think, um, no, it, look, I was, you know, I grew up, he, my dad taught me everything. Okay. I mean, that's what you, what you have to understand at the baseline of this thing is though he, I grew up going to the ballpark with him. I was the youngest of our three kids. And so I'm, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, when they won the world series, I was a year old. Okay. So I, I've seen videos and that kind of thing and, um, of him pitching, but, uh, and, and he had a great scrapbook of stuff, but, um, my, you know, my growing up around baseball was because I would go to the park with him, you know, and that's where I would, you know, that's where I, you know, I'm talking to players, you know, I'm walking through the clubhouse, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm just a kid. And, and so, and then to sit back in the, in the, in the booth and watch him work was just, you know, that's how I, you know, when the family would go to the game, we'd sit in the seats when it was just me and him, I'd sit in the back of the booth, watch him do his job. You know, he's working with Milo Hamilton. He's working with, you know, Skip Peter, whatever. And, and that was, I learned so much about just watching him do his job, watching how prepared he was, you know, watching him hours before the first pitch in the press lounge, you know, he's we're making his notes and that kind of stuff that all, all that stuff sticks with me. So to be able to work with him, you know, when they, you know, when sports South back, you know, the regional cable said, Hey, we're doing a game a week. And, you know, if you can work it in your schedule, love for you to do the game with your dad that was just me and him watching baseball. And it's just, you know, not unlike us being in the living room at his house, just watching a game. 
and talking about it. But I was nervous as I could be. I didn't want to embarrass him. I didn't want him to, you know, put pens down in the bottom of the fourth and say, you got the rest of it, man. I, I didn't sign up for this. And it was so there I felt a lot of pressure because he is so revered by Braves fans. And, and, and so it was uh, that was it wasn't easy at the start, but it was I couldn't wait to get to the ballpark um, just because we have such a great relationship. And, and we, you know, you know, Kyle, the thing I remember out of all those games and we did a bunch of them, you know, but like one like some of the greatest times we had there were during spring training. We, we, we'd beat them and the Braves were still in West Palm. And we'd just, be, you know, we'd drive. You know, the Braves would play a game in uh, Fort Lauderdale or they'd play a game somewhere else. And, I mean, there are a couple of times where we just drove, you know, and we're drinking coffee in the morning and going to do a spring training game, you know. It was awesome. So nothing will ever top. Nothing will ever top that. And, and um and I feel I consider myself so fortunate to to be able to say that and to uh, to have been able to do that. You grew up around the game, as you mentioned, and baseball is my favorite sport. So I have a very hard hitting question for you. What do you like about it? Well, number one, that I could play it. You know, I, I, I think that was the I think that was the thing that that grabbed you, first of all, that and I'm not blowing myself up here Kyle look it's, you know it's not like I said you know I could have played big league ball I knew I couldn't play big league ball but I but I was pretty good all right I'm a much better fielder than I was hitter you know in high school anybody who touched a little you know around 85 probably it was like I'm an easy out but uh but man I could field and so that's probably what you know um and and to this day if you said right now, if somebody walked by with a fungal bat right now and said, hey, you want to take some grounders? I'm in right now. I'm in right now without stretching or anything else. I go out there and take grounders all day long. So I, so that's the thing. Just playing the game is what made me love the game. And, and, uh, and then having the kind of access I had growing up uh, made me love it. But it's, I just – I always kind of liked – I liked the pace of the game. I liked the way you had to think your way through a game. I liked the, I liked the the strategy involved. And I used to, I used to play those games, you know, the stratomatic games and the be a manager games with the dice and you make your lineups and all that stuff. I was all into that. Uh, and if anybody who's listening remembers that, then they got, you got some old folks in your audience. I'll tell you that, but that's, that's kind of like it, you know, and just the, I think it's the, uh, kind of the mystique of the game and the names of the game and the, the records that were set and the things that got your attention. I can remember, I can remember listening to my dad calling games when Aaron was chasing babe, you know, and, and, and you couldn't, you looked forward all day to just turning the radio on that night. So uh, I think that's kind of what, what got my attention. That's, you know, it grabs you and won't let you go. Can I get more specifics on this fielding prowess? What position? What were you particularly good at? <laughs> no, no, any holes no, in the is, game? What was it? This does this does not this does not turn into fielding. Look, I said I could field. I did not say there was a fielding prowess involved. But I, okay. So in all growing up, I was always a pitcher and a shortstop in little league and that kind of thing. When I go to high school, and I'm a third baseman, 
third baseman, second baseman, because the shortstop was really good. And um, and then uh, I try to walk on at the University of Georgia and succeed. Okay, uh, and um, so I walked on there as a backup first baseman. It's not like I went up there and said, hey, coach, I, I'd like to walk on and, and be a backup first baseman. I, I was like, I play infield, you know. So, and, and then all of a sudden, here I am as, as a freshman in Georgia, and I'm out here in fall tryouts, and I, I got no idea. There's a million guys out there. And, um, you know, I'm lined up taking grounders at short. And these guys, you know, you got a bunch of older college kids and there's some cannons, guys making plays in the hole I hadn't even thought about ever making. But but um, but somehow, you know, you go through this process and I'm, you know, I'm playing OK, I guess. And then they they've got a starting first baseman, but nobody to back them up. The next thing I know is this coach is saying, you got a first baseman's mitt? And I was like, I can get one, you know. <laughs> and so I started I start kind of work working out there and lo and behold, I I make the Georgia baseball team as a backup first baseman. And as I tell folks, I walked out as a freshman and was told to walk off as a sophomore because I because I went like two for eighteen at the dish that year. But yeah, so that's I could always handle the glove. Uh, but everybody on the mound knew that I, I my dad used to say, uh, you only really have one problem in this game, Ernie, and that's the pitched ball. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll just work on that. It's only half the game. Uh, it should, it should be <laughs> exactly. Game. Yeah, I think for me, what I like most about baseball, it's probably not my favorite sport to watch anymore, but it certainly is to play. And I think a big part of that is because there's nothing like being on a baseball team. And I think the reason for that is you need so many people to contribute in a game. And so much of the time, your success is predicated on what other people do. And I have to imagine, you know, we see you on these studio shows and we see you doing play by play. But what we don't see is like the massive team around you that makes sure that everybody's in the right position. How similar and how different is it to be part of like a team like that where you're going out there every night wanting to win the night just like you did in sports? No, I mean, it's an excellent point and a perfect analogy. I mean, and I look, I, I talk to a lot of uh, college kids and, and, you know, journalism students and stuff. And, and they're sometimes they're taking tours uh, through the studio. And it's like, if you think for a second that this show is me and three guys or me, you know, whether that's a baseball studio or, uh, or the NBA, whatever. If you think for a second, and, and it's easy to do that because people will just watch it and say, oh, there are those four guys again. I said, you're missing it. You're missing out. And and if you think that the only way that you get a job in this business is to be sitting on camera uh, and being one of those, you're so wrong because we got 50 to 75 people who are doing jobs on this night who, if they don't do their job, I can't do mine. Or if I don't do, if I do my job poorly, it, you know, it, it reflects on, on them. And it's like, everybody's trying to pick each other up you know that's what it is and and it's like okay if somebody makes a mistake on a shot sheet somebody makes a mistake on a graphic again we're not going to bury them we might jab them but we're not going to bury them we're just going to pick them up you know and so um you just my message to them is there are a million jobs out there that you can have a lot of fun at and be a part of 
And, and, and that's the whole thing to a team. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, you had an over four day. It's all right. I got a couple of knocks. We won the game. We're good. Um, okay. I blew a couple of leads that night and, you know, or asked a couple of stupid questions, but man, your guys, your highlight packages were great. Your graphics were great. And we, and, and so that's the feeling. And, and, and I'm not BSing you. That's the feeling we have in that, in that joint. We really do. So when, so when the show has success, and fortunately, like, well, taking the NBA, inside the NBA, when that show has success, when there's an Emmy and or two a year, and then everybody in that building walks around a little bit with like a, hey, I'm part of that. And that's, you know, that's, that's a culture that's created there and has been forever and ever and ever, that everybody's ideas matter. Doesn't matter if you have produced or attached to your name. You know, that's one thing Tim Kylie, who's, who's done the show forever, and now kind of oversees it while Jeremy Levin sits in the chair. That's, that's the thing. I mean, he's, they've always encouraged input from everybody who's involved with the show because not only, because it's not just the producer who's going to have a good idea. Everybody's got stuff that kind of hits him and says, you know, this might be fun on the air. And that's why everybody feels a sense of pride. And that's why you can look at the guy who operates camera four and say, nice going, Hey, we won an Emmy last night. Not the four of us. Everybody did. So that's and and look when you can have that kind of feeling and that kind of unity uh, on a crew. I mean, and that's not phony. That's the way we all feel. When Turner got the rights for postseason baseball, it had been some time since you had done play by play, but you went back into the booth, and I was curious to see how that was going to work because I was unfamiliar with your work, but you provided I, I want to tell you this you provided like these memorable moments for me as a Detroit Tigers fan when they were playing the New York Yankees what does it feel like to know that your calls of those moments stay in the head of people that are like some of the highest sports highs that they've had how does it how does it feel to get that that you were able to get that opportunity and kind of put those on the board and, and share those in those memories with people as opposed to kind of doing a studio show which you know, you do feel like part of yeah. the family in some way, but it's not really as connected viscerally. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a, it was a strange, it was a strange way that it, that all came about. It was back in like 2010, because I was doing the studio with Eck and uh, Cal Ripken and, uh, you know, Boomer was in there every now and then. And, um, and so, you know, and that's, and that's my comfort zone, Kyle. I mean, that's, you know, I, that's, that's my thing you know but it was nice because i hadn't done games in a while and, and the execs at turner back in 2010 you know jeff Banky came to me it was like you want to get back in the booth and do some games and so i did some with smoltzy in a um again on like peachtree tv down here doing local braves games and he said because we'd like you to do those games and then do some postseason and so um yeah, it was it was very nice of them to ask, and I. But you know what? I, I felt a lot of pressure. I really did because look, baseball's a different animal when it comes to it, because the season is so long, and you'll have, um, you know, people get used to hearing their folks, and 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 the, listen when you turn on the the MLB um, package. And you can watch games all over the place. Look, there's, there is no attempt at all to hide the fact that 
you know, you can't turn one on and say, well, this, I wonder who's, who's broadcast this is. No, this is definitely the Mariners. No, this is definitely the Padres. This is, you know, because there is a rooting interest there. Um, and so then for somebody to come out of the blue and suddenly the, you're doing their postseason game and you're the only one they can watch. No, that's, no, that's, you got, you better be prepared for, to take some incoming fire. And I did. I mean, because uh, people get used to their voices and, and they want to hear it. And, and then, and, and baseball fans are passionate. So I get that. Um, but it was, it was a fun run. It was, you know, from 10 to maybe 18 or 19. I know I had to miss a, had to miss a postseason or two for, for family and health reasons and things, but man, I, 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 I got I got to have the best seat in the house for some pretty cool stuff from you know Raul Abanez with the home runs to uh, uh, I mean when the Royals Royals won the uh, won the wild card there were some there were some really fun moments to be able to call the Juan Soto thing against Milwaukee and I you know and that's kind of cool because I can I still have people who post stuff like that and say I'll never forget this night and so what you you're just trying to do the moment justice. And, you know, and, and, uh, and at the same, you're, you're hearkening back to, you know, growing up in the back of a booth, watching your dad do games, you know, and, and so there was that tie. So it was, it ran a lot more than just, Hey, here's your next job assignment. This was something that was spiritual to me. Um, and, and so, yeah, it was, um, those were, those were fun times. And, and, and I'm glad I had a chance to do that again, but, you know, I'm kind of settled back in. Uh, to the studio thing and don't really miss doing games I like you know I just like being part of what we're putting on the air what's hard about building on sustained success by the by the way was that was that answer long enough for you or do you want me to go another three weeks uh no I look, okay I, okay people <laughs> more interested in what you say than me I try oh. to talk as uh, little as possible on these uh, what what is what is challenging about building on success when you've been in the industry this long when you've received those accolades? What drives you to get better? Um, I think that's the whole key. Is 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 that kind of a mindset? Now, do you do you want to look at it and say, okay, I've been here um, thirty. I've been here since nineteen eighty nine. So I mean, thirty-two something seasons in the in the NBA show, and and at Turner, I mean, I've been at Turner for that long. I just I just have never had that feeling like, okay, you've done enough, or you've look, you did this. You guys have have had a successful show, and uh, you know, just show up and just do it again. You've done a million of these. You can't do that, or maybe you don't need to do as much prep as you as you did 15 years ago but what i found kyle is like this system that i have for getting ready for nba seasons or mlb seasons or playoffs or any like anything like that hasn't changed it's only gotten i mean it's gotten more intense it, it, it hasn't decreased at all because once upon a time look i could get ready for the nba season you could get ready for the NBA season because the, the resources were kind of limited in, in, in terms of research. It was like, okay, oh, there's a magazine that has, you know, Street and Smiths. Okay, here's the thing. But now there's just so much information out there that you, your challenge is to kind of limit it to, 
to, okay, what, what's really vital for me to know going into the season and what storylines are we going to follow? Um, it's kind of like when you used to get ready for an exam and it was like, I think I'm ready. I mean, I could look at this too, you know, but, but it's like, um, I know what I need to do to get ready for, um, for the season. I know that the, that the breakdowns I do on every team, which I've been doing every year that I've been doing this and building on, I'm going, okay, I have to update those. I got to do this. I've got to read this. And so I have this, I have kind of ingrained, um, okay, it's, uh, you know, basketball season's over. I'm gonna, I've got a little time off here, but now I got to start reading this on baseball. Now I need to do this on who their acquisitions are. I need to, I need to watch this team because they are off to a good start. I need to see how all these guys' names are pronounced. I mean, I'm a stickler on stuff like that too, that I think, I still think the most, some of the most important things are the basics because fans are watching the game. Did you get the guy's name right? And did you know who he is? You know, and, and, and do you know why the game's important? So you need, I think you need to have the basics. I don't think you always have to know that his OPS plus is this, you know, I mean, you can get bogged down a little bit with that. It's the same way with the NBA. I know that, um, okay, it's late August into September. Okay. Some trades have been made. Okay. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to take all of my, my NBA stuff and update that. And now I'm going to get this stuff ready. Cause I keep a daily log of every NBA game. That's played. Okay. So it's like, those are the things that keep you from getting complacent or saying, Hey, we've done enough. Let's just show up and do the show. And, and I think that continues to drive you. And the thing with me is like, whenever that look, doing the show is fun. If you say, Hey, that looks like fun doing the show. It is. I mean, that's, that's the easy part of the job. But if I ever get to the point where I say, man, I don't feel like doing all that prep work, then it's time for me to get out. Yeah, the unseen part of the job is stuff that's really hard for people on the outside to understand. And lots of times it is kind of lonely work. Like it feels exciting when you're in front of the camera, but can you talk about some of just the, not that it's a burden, Look. but that that it's just, you know, a challenge to get that energy when you're, studying who the Atlanta Hawks 10th guy yeah. is. No, you're right. I, I mean, it's like, like last night, if you could have seen me here, it was, and I'm in my home office. My wife is out of town with my daughter and the grand, two of the granddaughters just kind of, they're, they're, my wife was like, Poppy's going to be getting ready for, for the baseball playoffs and the start of the NBA season. Um, so we're going to take off and we're going to have fun. And, so I'm sitting here, and I would say that from geez, from about 5.30 yesterday till 2 o'clock in the morning, I was basically in here with a little dinner break, basically in this office, and I'm, and I'm looking at every playoff team in the who's, you know, they start the wild card tomorrow, but I'm looking at every day, and I'm looking at numbers, and I'm just – writing rosters and numbers, even though we've been doing their games, creating things that'll be a quick reference point for me that have kind of nuggets on these guys where I can, where I can say once the playoffs start, okay, I don't need to look for that. I got all my stuff right here. And that's the way, that's the way I operate. And I've got a, another stack of stuff here uh, to get to today. But these are, I mean, like 
on a on a typical game night, um, I mean, I've got these for every game that's played, and it's you know, and it's just numbers that I want to look at. So when I'm talking to Pedro and I'm talking to Jimmy and Curtis, I've got I, I'm not I don't have it all here, but I know where I can get my eyes on it, and it always helps me and it reinforces my prep when I knock something out where I can say, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't realize that Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman both had 21 homers and 100 RBIs. Okay. And it's, and that's just from looking at that, and but then it kind of ingrains it in your head. So that's how – that's the prep. And, and, again, as I said, if that ever gets to the point where it's a burden rather than it's kind of, hey, this is kind of fun. Hey, that's an interesting note. Um, then you've probably reached the point where – if you're not driven to do the job at that level, then then you're cheating the folks who watch. As he was doing that, he showed me his printouts and they were heavily highlighted. And I would stand firm in my belief that sports announcers are keeping the highlighter industry afloat because you look at oh. their, their their shot sheets and it's just all color coded. No, oh, and hey, it's like, especially... Like when I'm, I keep score on the games that we do. I love keeping score, and 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 I've always been a big fan of that. But so here's, here's the other night. So look at all those kids. That's the game Verlander started for uh, for Houston the other night. But and then here's on the other side how Houston came out and tattooed them. So so it's like, yeah. So you got the yellow for the run scored. You got the green for the K's. You got the orange for the walks. You got pink for the pitching changes and who's it. So I, but I love that stuff, man. I, and it's, um, that's baseball, you know, that's, you know, that's, uh, I, I, if you don't get immersed in that stuff, um, then, then again, you gotta, you gotta question how in, invested you are and, and if you really still like doing this. And so I do. And, and I can, and look, during the NBA season, when I'm back in my office as the games are going on, I'm, I'm always making notes, not play by play, but kind of like, okay, let's check that. Okay. Oh, they got a 14, nothing run here. And I'm going to get some of that stuff from our research folks, but it keeps me involved in the game where it's not like, Hey, wake me when it's halftime and I'll go out and talk to Shaq and Kenny and Chuck about what they think. It's like, I like to be, I like to be into that thing and, and it, it makes the night move too, you know, if you're, if you're that tied into the game. So we have, I need you to settle a debate that we're having uh, internally. We were discussing. Oh, who's, uh, who's we internally? The, the, the team over here at the big lead. At the big um, lead. Okay. We were trying to decide who in sports media has a universal approval rating. And okay. one of the names that came out was yours and in connection with the NBA show. Uh, are we wrong in that? Do you still get criticism? Oh, sure. Yeah, we all get criticism. Yeah. Um, and that that comes with the territory. I mean, that's and that's always been that's always been the situation. Um, uh, even going back to watching my dad, my, my dad used to get these terrible letters from people. You know, it's like people took the time to actually write letters and say, you stink, man. I hate you're boring, you know, and that kind of thing. On some and, level, you kind of got to appreciate that. That's that's, that's a lot yeah. of work. Oh, yeah, it really is. You must feel very strongly 
to to write a handwritten a handwritten letter and put a stamp on it and put it in the mailbox in hopes that you know that the announcer would would read it and what my dad would always do he'd get some of those things and then they had these postcards with like the the smiling Braves announcers with their arms around each other you know at Atlanta Stadium you know and my dad would take one of those things and say dear so and so thanks for watching you know so happy that you're and 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 my dad would say ah that'll frost his cake when he gets that you know he'll he'll he's expecting some kind of you know how dare you say that to me so no we're we all if you if you start thinking that you're that everything you do is going to be met with universal approval oh it's not and so yeah we you, know, you always get that and and the important thing is to not get too carried away with the good stuff or or let the bad stuff drag you down and there were times look there were times when the with a you know a negative reaction would would drag you down especially because i've been kind of here to watch the advent of I hate to say yes i was there when they started that infraweb but i was you know it's like there wasn't you know i I still look back at a, at a piece of tape with Chris Weber's on the show with me and they're introducing NBA.com and I'm treating it, Kyle, like this is a passing fad. Don't worry if this NBA.com is here, but don't worry about it, folks. It'll be gone in a week. And, and, and if you could, if you ever find the clip, it's ridiculous. Uh, and I, you know, I'm saying, apparently you go to the www.com, you know, and I'm like, like this will never last. And, and so, Look, so I've been able to see how there's this instant response to what you're doing, and you can get crushed for saying something, or you can get praised for saying something, and 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 so as as long as you don't get carried away with that stuff, then it, it finds its rightful place. But um, now I don't I don't think anybody out there gets universal approval. And um, look, you just try to do your job the best way you can do it you realize some folks are going to like it some aren't and and uh thankfully in our case uh, especially at, at inside and well, both really we got some good things going that folks uh, seem to gravitate toward all right i'll get someone on finding that clip we'll get it up there to embarrass you uh post no no man i, I i'm serious you will it, it's embarrassing for me because I'm so it's not I'm not dismissive it's just like I'm just I'm very I you know it's like I've really got my doubts about this internet thing so <laughs> it's just oh, that's Ernie night. Johnson he's about to embark on a unique time of year as he will host studio coverage for TBS's ALDS and then immediately transition into the same role for NBA on TNT's opening week coverage. Thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate talking to you. Man, Kyle, it's great talking to you.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.